Welcome to the bandwagon where we discuss hot topics and issues in the world today. My name is Christopher Miller and as always I'm with my colleague Elizabeth West. How are you Lisa? I'm pretty good today. How are you? I'm doing great. Great. It's good morning and it's a good uh, time to be here chatting with you. I thought we'd do something a little different today. Our first episode, we jumped in uh, trying to learn a little bit about how to do a podcast, how we wanted to formulate it, uh, topics we want to cover, these sorts of things. Um, And it went pretty well, I think, for our first attempt especially. But I thought this time we'd give our audience a chance to get to know us just a little bit better. So we'll begin by starting with you. You know, how about you tell us about yourself, your background, where you came from, why you chose <laughs> to, uh, to study, the things you do, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I mean, I was born in Houston. Okay. I grew up in between Texas, Arkansas, and Tennessee. Moved around a lot as a kid. Um, grew up with horses and dogs and the whole nine. You know, it was great. Um, 18, I started working, met my husband and moved out 21. I had my daughter, um, as far as education, I quit high school 10 years later, I got my GED and 10 years later, I enrolled in college. And now I am four classes away from achieving my master's degree in education, something that I never thought I would do. Um, that seemed unreachable. But now it's really close and it's not a place I ever thought I'd be, but here I am. And the closer it gets, the more nervous I get. But, you know, um, (laughs) a lot of work involved. Why did you choose education? I chose education because it's the mean to the ends that I want. I want to ultimately teach criminal justice classes. I have no experience. So. I couldn't just jump right in with criminal justice. So I'm going with education because I'll, like I said, I want to teach. So that will help me, especially from with remote positions as an instructor. Mm -hmm. Um, I may not have the experience, but I have the education and you've got to, you know, you've got to get a job to get the experience. It might be a little bit of a challenge, but that's okay. Life is a challenge, right? That is correct. All right. So basically, let's make it clear for the viewers. You have you're going for your master's in education, but you have a bachelor's in criminal justice, correct? Yes. With a specialty in corrections and case management. Okay. And so your your goal is to to do outreach and to work with uh, any special groups or any uh, or just in general, or do you have a focus that you'd like to concentrate on? uh, Professionally, it's going to be the minds of criminal justice it's to teach criminal justice students um that being said in my spare time if i have time to do outreach with inmates you know as far as even as much as just you know teaching a ged class at the local jail whatever needs to be done because i do have a real passion for and and compassion for those that are incarcerated yeah i know they did wrong yeah i know they deserve to be punished but I saw a quote, a, a, a line on a, a show one day, uh, Orange is the New Black. The only difference between an inmate and me is when I made bad decisions, I didn't get caught. And that is true for a huge ma- amount of the population. Everybody's made bad decisions that could have got them in trouble, some more than others. But would you agree that 
decisions have kind of a ranking that's, you know, uh, getting drunk with your friends underage is much different than committing murder, say. So how would 100%. you rectify that in your criminal justice? Um, no, would you look. give preference or do you believe you should give preference to to those that maybe have done lesser types of crimes? Or is the problem really with the ones that have done the harsher crimes trying to readjust and rehabilitate uh, uh, when you pursue your uh, case your by case goals. basis, case by case basis. That's the way it should um, be, in my opinion. It, it really there is no one size fits all in criminal justice, in my opinion. Um, and like I said, I have no experience. This is all based on research that I've done, things that I've watched. Um, but there, it doesn't make sense for there to be um, just a cookie cutter because every single person is different. Every crime is different. Every crime is committed for a different reason. Um, so you have to get a little bit deeper. But Like I said, it's just my opinion. Criminal justice, yes, it's my right. bachelor's, but it's also, you know, kind of a hobby. So I see, I see. So let me ask you then, when you're studying all your criminal justice, was there a particular aspect of it, a class or a topic that stood out to you that you really found more forensic psychology, but you know that forensic. I do. Our, our, our listeners may not. So what about forensic, uh, uh, so, um, forensics, uh, got you excited or got your captured your attention? Why do these people do these things? So Why? you like the psychological uh, aspects of it and things, uh, is it your hope to maybe gain insight into the criminal mind, uh, further than it's already been done? Or is it uh, more about, trying to identify um, factors and, and, and variables that lead to this kind of thinking. I don't know, but you know what? That sounds like a really good topic for another podcast. There so what about your childhood? Where'd you grow All up? Right. Well, uh, I grew up in the uh, in, uh, Midwest City, Oklahoma. I was born in Tulsa, Oklahoma, but I was uh, raised in Midwest City, which is um, a, a city that was literally created for World War II. Um, it, it was made to host the personnel serving at Tinker Air Force Base, which okay. was a uh, air depot created to make airplanes and, and other things like that for the war. So mm -hmm. my childhood came up uh, uh, from a semi-rural type background in Oklahoma, deep in the, in the Bible Belt, uh, very much patriotic, old world, um, uh, you know, Captain America, World War II, huzza huzza type environment. So I grew up Where's with your shield. <laughs> I have a shield. Uh, it's in it's in my man closet right now <laughs> with all my things. It should be out. It's your get to know you. Uh, well, that's true. I mean, you can see partially a little bit about <laughs> me behind me and things. Um, so I grew up <clears> in that type of environment that was kind of uh, uh, very much old world, I would say, old America, as opposed to the new modern age where there's a lot more. Uh, controversy and debate on you were uh, northeastern Oklahoma I was right? in Midwest City which is about central right it's about 13 miles outside of Oklahoma City okay so I wasn't close but I lived in Prairie Grove Arkansas for a while I see um same same idea you know big fields farms dairy cows chickens bible belt all of that included so I okay. get where yeah yeah, it was a, it was a, it was a good upbringing. I had a good childhood. Um, my parents divorced when I was six, and my mother and my grandmother raised me. Um, uh, 
I was uh, looking back. Now I would say a handful, always in trouble for fighting and, and uh, uh, very anti-authoritarian. I got in trouble. <laughs> <You> never. <laughs> I got into trouble within five minutes of kindergarten, and from there it just continued. Uh, so my mother, uh, the way she dealt with all this being a single Hispanic mother was to uh, keep me busy. The local college would offer, um, you know, during the summer uh, classes to keep you know, tr pe uh, kids off the street from getting in trouble and this and that. And she would enroll me in everything she could possibly do. So. My background was very much pushed on to uh, uh, learning, education, experiences, travel, that sort of thing. Uh, we didn't travel a lot, but when we did, my my mother and grandmother tried to take me to places that were a little bit off the beaten path. Um, and so it was in these this uh, classes and this traveling and stuff that uh, I uh, started to you know formulate uh, my interests and stuff, which. Um, as a young man, was very much about knights. I was really into knights as a young man. Um, I just thought everything about knights, especially like the Knights Templar and and those sort of things, were really cool. Um, at uh, seventeen, I graduated. I was the second youngest in my class, and I got a music and academic scholarship to Oklahoma State University, uh, where I went for a year. Did not do well. I I, I um, joined a fraternity. Uh, and I had a, I would say, uh, active social life, but academically, I did not do as well as I perhaps should have. Um, I did learn a lot, though, about people and about myself. At that point, I decided that I was simply kind of wasting money and, and not really ready to be in the college atmosphere. So uh, I got recruited by the Army, where I went to military intelligence. And I served. Uh, now, how, now, wait, 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 wait. You said you said as a young man, you were a troublemaker and I had yeah. a I had a problem with authority. It was now, a shock. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, how how do you deal with that when you're what are they called when you first go in the army? A grunt? You're a grunt. Yes, that's the uh, okay. term for us. Grunts. Correct. OK, so when you go in there and you're lined up and you have somebody right here in your face screaming at you. Well, I'll tell you the, the difference between my time and, and, and the modern time is when I went through, uh, it was the old army, as they called it. Uh, I went through basic training at Fort Jackson. And uh, our drill sergeants there told us, you are the last class of the old army before they went to the new things where, you know, they couldn't really yell at you or cuss at you and definitely couldn't hit you. But I was the last class. So if your uh, rear end was sticking up a little too high as you were low crawling, they would plant a boot in it quicker and uh, uh, quicker than the devil and things. And that's why you didn't get to attitude because <laughs> there's a lot of them, you know, <laughs> and they would have no problem, you know, taking around the corner and settling a score, so to speak, you know. <laughs> and uh, so I learned real quickly when and where. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. Uh, to uh, see, there's a reason that I didn't go into the military. No, this mouth, uh uh, yeah. Well, yeah, you know, I learned real quick. I was in there 10 minutes and I got dropped for 300, 300 push ups. Um, oops, yeah, so uh, it was an adjustment period, but it did exactly what I needed. It gave me uh, time to settle down, um, start learning that I could play a part in something bigger than myself. That was important. I had a chance to see the world. The army sent me all across the globe. Um, that. And then, you know, there's a sense of accomplishment. Uh, uh, you know, you know, 
getting through that kind of basic training was was pretty much an accomplishment. And then, of course, then I went to the Intel School up at Fort Devens and continued on there till I got assigned overseas to Europe and Asia. Uh, I'm sorry, Europe and the Middle East for my uh, um, entire career. Um, okay. During that time, of course, being in Europe, in the Middle East, over in Turkey and things, uh, there are a lot of castles. There are a lot of history. Um, you know, you have coffee shops that are seven, 800 years old, for example. So I took whatever time I wasn't in the field and I was in the rare to go and see these things. This further kind of pushed my interest into history. And then, of course, being in military intelligence, that's my other uh, area of expertise. Uh, um, those are the two things that started gelling as where my future would lay. So that's kind of how I got into that. Um, when I returned home, um, you know, I, I got married. I have three sons. And for the first maybe decade at home, I, uh, you know, was busy raising a family and settling back into civilian life somewhat, um, yeah. although I've never really totally settled in. And then I began school. Um, and in that time, I've uh, I've gotten multiple degrees in military intelligence and in history and with several different specialties. And then that leads us to today. So um, that's kind of where I came from and, and uh, what my interests are, are like and what I bring to the table. So... Well, when we go I, over uh, our topics here, I think that the differences between us, as, as we just discussed, are what's going to allow us to get very different kind of perspectives on the issues that our audience may be also listening uh, to and, and well, definitely. And Well, the thing is, is like, I have a hard time talking about some of my history. You know why, as we're friends outside of the podcast. Um, it's pretty personal. I mean, I can give you, yeah, I moved here, I moved here, I moved here, but there's mental health, addiction, very personal things that eventually I might get more into as Correct. the audience gets to know us and I get to know the audience. But um because those are those are deep things and I'm not afraid to talk about them, but it needs to be right setting. Correct. Correct. It needs to to maybe give your person be able to give your personal insight into whatever topic we're discussing. And that's exactly what we hope to do with our podcast here. Well, uh, and the thing is, is like mine doesn't, mine is not only, you know, it's not just myself, there's ma family members, there's friends, there's all kinds of different people that have been touched by these aspects. Anybody who, it seems like, like my generation, like it, right now, like late thirties, don't tell anybody that group has a serious issue a lot of them with mental health issues and addiction issues or have at some point in their life and i'm not really sure what that's about um trey my husband you know that um and i were talking about that earlier and it's we're wondering if it's because we're the last generation of latchkey kids i was getting ready to say direct that exact same comment uh that latchkey kids perhaps as uh both parents moved into the workforce we were left more to ourselves and of course you had to adjust i remember myself you know like i said my mother was a single hispanic uh, lady working and she worked long hours my grandmother of course was there but she was a nurse so she would be at the hospital and i remember being in elementary school six seven years old eight years old and um walking home with my my little brother you know unlocking the door securing us in getting us a snack so we kind of had to deal with some of these things maybe before we were prepared and as a result maybe that goes into the mental health issues and things that you're talking about uh, that have seemed to be 
a major part of society today. And that's why yeah. I think our podcast, although we seem to pick, uh, you know, some different things that may not quite seem like they are that pertinent, they really are. Last week in our first podcast, we talked about Dahmer, mental health and issues and this and that, upbringing, yeah. his mother was absentee, et cetera, et cetera. So these things are still pertinent today. Oh, um, yeah. Future broadcast, oh, yeah. I mean, we're going to go everything just... from music to art to 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 whatever. Oh, we can talk about anything. I mean, if we get comments of people wanting us to talk about something specific, as long as it's reasonable, of course, of we'll course. do it. I mean, that's one thing is your background is very different from mine. You, you know, you knew, well, you went through school. That didn't work. You went military. I quit school and I got married, had a baby, um, helped look after my husband's grandparents in their last days. Um, we've moved, I, there's been a lot. I've had 18 surgeries, you know, and there's been a lot that's gone on, you know, but you know, a few years ago, you're the one that helped inspire me to go back to school. I mean, you really are. Thank and you. I don't know how many times I've messaged you. I don't know how to do this. Help me. <laughs> well, calm down. Look at this. There you go. And it works, you know? Um, well, that's but, the thing is, and, and this is a very valid point that I think that you hit upon, is that even though I may have encouraged you and stuff, really what it is, is that we got down and started discussing and examining an issue or a problem. In this case, your return to school, uh, perhaps your uh, uh, lack of uh, research skills in the beginning, et cetera, et cetera. This, oh, can yeah. be, this can be held across the U.S., Right now, we have people that are angry about lots of different topics. Uh, in this case, we're talking about a little bit of our personal self, but we can go economics. We can go to uh, LGBTQ rights. We can go to racism. We can go to all kinds of politics. The, the, the issue is that there's a lot of people basically screaming and yelling at each other instead of sitting down and discussing this. And they're going to come from different backgrounds like you and I. And so oh, when yeah. we discuss our podcast here, that's our hope is that whatever we talk upon, we bring the relevancy to the modern age that, that it may have and how we can address these things it talks about. You know what I think one of the biggest problems today is, is that a lot of people, as even as adults, they can't agree to disagree. That's correct. You know, you and I don't agree on everything. We don't. Mm -hmm. There's been times where we've been hanging out and we're all talking and you say something and I'm about to throw a damn sandwich at you. <laughs> but I mean. For our listeners, usually <laughs> I'm popping off making some remark about make a sandwich or something along those lines uh, because we're good friends for over 20 years and uh, we'll be hanging out chit-chatting and, and I know it gets under her skin. So uh, the, there are no true acts of violence here, at least not yet <laughs> and not yet. Um, I, I may have pushed it once or twice, uh, but, uh, so far so good. Um, but that's the thing is we've been friends for a long time. We've not always agreed. I mean, and there's been major disagreements that never, I mean, not major, major, but like, no, we're not going to see eye to eye, but you know what? That's okay. Exactly. Because we do come from different backgrounds and different experiences, which formulate us as individuals. This can be carried on to our listeners. And this is why we're doing this podcast today to let them know, hey, we're just like you. As you can yeah. hear, we're from normal backgrounds. We have some family issues sometimes. We have uh, health issues. We have, you know, the same concerns that that everyone else listening does as well. And oh, yeah. our hope is that as we talk about these things, we, especially in my case, bringing the hist history part into it, 
will give people a better insight into why we're where we are today and how come this group versus this group looks at things so differently. Um, yeah. And and like you said, just here now in this discussion, we've already touched upon, we have some major differences in our lives and the way we that, uh, we were brought up and raised and, and had experiences. So, um, I mean, look, I give you props. You're Mr. Military. Nope. I couldn't do it. I'm not that person. The I'll be honest with you. There was days uh, in in the first couple of weeks that I was like, what have I done? This is, you know, mm-hmm. uh, this is craziness. Like I said, uh, you know, in the mud and drill sergeant is yelling at you, all these kinds of things they used to do. And there's no way. Look, the first time somebody yelled at me, I would have gotten picked up and thrown out like a cartoon. They, like, they, they in my time, like I said, we were the last of that age that they would have done that. And they did very, very there's often. Just, um, I totally, you know, this, I respect the military. I'm, let's go <laughs> know your limits exactly and and that touches upon another thing that uh, that we will be discussing in our in our future uh, podcast is i have a thing that i say uh, call know your place and it sounds kind of controversial but what it means is that i am not a doctor for example so i will not come here and try to spout off medical information to our audience i will maybe give them some possible links to follow for more information but I know my place. I am not going to sit here and endorse anything medically or anything no. else in my area of expertise. Look, I'm going to say in all honesty, overall, this, our podcast vlog, if it turns into that, this is an opinion piece. This exactly. is what we think. You know, I'm no. not an expert. Have I studied criminal justice? Yes. Have I studied education? Yes. Do I have a hobby for true crime and forensic psychology? Yes. Am I an expert? Nope. But the problem is that when we define I can make experts, an educated choice. Exactly. When when we talk about experts in America, a lot of people will see on TV, uh, they have a panel of experts. And I I read a report once that one of the, the, the persons on a particular episode had just received their bachelor's degree in uh, 10 minutes. Uh, hold on. Let me cancel it. We have about 10 minutes left, it says. So uh, I just got a warning here. I wasn't aware we had time limits. But um, as I was saying that, you know, they have a degree, but they haven't really had it for very long or they don't have the experience behind it. And so um, what defines an expert? I have been studying for a decade. And I will tell you that daily I find something new that despite all my many degrees and studies and hours of research, is new to me. So yeah. am I an expert? You would think an expert knows the field inside now. The thing is, especially in the modern age, there's so much new technology, new innovation, uh, et cetera, et cetera, that, uh, y- you know, you, you can't keep up. You, you can refresh, you can read, you can keep studying. New discoveries are being made every day. Well, there's that. And there's also truly the ever that, going to be an expert. But the, here's the thing. What, like you said, what makes an expert? Today, with today's technology, people don't have to memorize things like they used to. They can carry around a tablet and, oh, I need this. Okay, here's that article right here. This says this. Ah, but there's some debate to that because then let's just say you have a tablet where you can look things up and the internet goes out. If you are an expert in your field or you're something, you should retain this type of information. I've had this conversation with my children before, my sons, uh, you know. The, the newer generations seem to be able to retrieve information like nothing, but retaining it is a different matter. So again, what makes a, an expert? 
I cannot remember every single aspect of all the things I've studied. Exactly. I have my notebook. Pen and paper. As well. Thank you. Pen and paper. Um, but uh, those are some other things we will look at and discuss through the various topics we come through um, over the next few uh, weeks. Um, since we only have a few minutes left, uh, in conclusion, uh, what else is, what is there something that our audience should know about you that they may not know? Oh, Chris, really? Do you have a secret um, hobby? Do you like, do, uh, you know? Um, I have cooking? a menagerie of animals. Ah. I do. I have a bearded dragon that is glaring at me right now. I have two leopard geckos, a red-eared slider, a salcata tortoise, a... Hold on now. Banana, yellow belly, firefly, ball python, fish tanks, shrimp, uh, two axolotls, and three dogs. Wowzers. That's quite the menagerie. Uh, and I've <laughs> seen them too, uh, folks. Uh, they're all there. She's got herself a regular uh, bio uh, biosphere over there. That's for myself. Other, to go along with that, the other thing is, is we do... Um, volunteer at the local high schools for the aquatic club and we do presentations and we do meet the creature where we take our animals to the school and they get to be introduced to the various animals and we do slideshow presentations to show the best basic care for each creature oh most excellent well that's good community outreach for myself i would say um something my readers may not know is that i like to collect old books i have um a bunch of books you know, these aren't just for show. He has hundreds. This is not just a bunch. I mean, hundreds. <laughs> yes, I like to read and I like to collect books. <laughs> My oldest is from 1593 um, and other sorts of things. So um, that's, is that's that it right there. There's it's over over this way. Um, oh, I'm looking at the work are... with the messed up binding right there. Oh, these back here. Some of them are from the 1800s. Uh, early 1900s, 1700s, things like that. Um, I find them in estate sales, uh, old bookstores. You know, I go um, crawling through those those uh, old bookstores you find, especially in the East Coast, that have been wow. there for, you know, 100 years and things. And uh, you never know what you can find. So True that. Um, I guess we'll wrap it up for now. I think we've given everyone kind of a little bit of insight into ourselves and uh, we will be back uh, next week with another podcast. I think the topic of this one will be World War One and how it is the seminal event in modern history that continues to affect the European landscape today. Ready for it? I'm as ready as I'm going to be. <laughs> All right, then. Well, we'll sign off for now. We'll tell everyone have a great afternoon and stuff. And we'll see you next time here on the bandwagon. Bye. Bye.